Hi, I'm Melissa Ritz, and this is Served, a podcast about female military veterans and their experiences in and out of uniform. Today, I'm joined by retired Army Master Sergeant Lucretia Parker. Lucretia shares a variety of experiences during her 28 years of service, from her unique family connection into the military to finding balance in a blended family with her military husband. Lucretia embraced the challenges and rewards of the familiar Army slogan, Be All You Can Be. Lucretia's continuation of service extends to her participation in Miss Veteran America, which raises awareness and financial support for homeless female veterans. Lucretia currently serves as the Community Engagement Manager for the Military Women's Memorial in Arlington, Virginia. Lucretia, thank you for making time for me today. Let's get right into it. Share with us where you're from originally and what led you to serve in the Army. Oh, wow. Thank you for having me, Melissa. I appreciate that. I am originally from Fort Wayne, Indiana. I joined the military, the Army, Army Reserves. Um, What led me to joining the Army was my twin sister. Uh, She was already in the military. Uh, She had once graduated from high school, uh, I knew that I was going to college. And she and other friends of ours, high school friends, uh, they knew that they were going to the military. They were like, I'm done with uh, going to school. And so she joined and then I ended up going to Indiana University in Bloomington um, on a scholarship for um, underserved community and uh, we got a chance to experience a big university. I was an athlete in high school, and so I didn't know I wasn't prepared for college. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know academic probation was uh, a part of the journey, and so I remember my sister was like, I told you, you should have joined the Army, and so I said, you know what? Maybe I will. And you had nobody else prior in your family to the military other than your twin sister? I did. I did. I had um, my grandfather, maternal grandfather. He served in the Navy as a cook. Then I had two other, three other uncles that have served, but no um, females in our family have served and stepped up. So I had just mentioned to my twin sister just a couple months ago, I said, you know, are the very first that have um, paved the way for females in our family. And she was like, what? And then so she said, oh, wow. So you retired from the Army after 28 years. Did your sister retire as well? No, she did not. She retired after, she, she didn't even retire. She did her first enlistment contract. So did your sister prep you for basic training? Melissa, no. <laughs> I don't think so. She, you know, the only thing that that my twin sister said was uh, basic training was easy because we were athletes. We were runners and ran track in high school and I played basketball and volleyball and she was cross country. She said, oh, basic training is easy. And I said, okay, no problem. She said, so we were also prepared because of my grandfather, you know, um, being raised in the same house. So he had that structure of regiment you know, military. And so we come from a large family. And uh, when they were talking about basic training and you have KP duty, kitchen patrol, right? And we were already prepared because my grandfather used the big pots that they used in the military for our family. So I was like, oh, this is nothing. 
and and she did a little prep um, for our advanced individual training. So we were both 71 Lima's, you know, admin, as they call it. And uh, she said, oh, uh, you better know how to type. <laughs> I don't know how to type. But uh, I thought it was awesome. <laughs> you don't hear too many people referring to Army basic training as awesome. So you graduate from basic. And then where was your first duty assignment? Uh, from basic and AIT. Um, was all at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Because I did reserves, I went back to Fort Wayne uh, for a little while for my reserve time and ended up going back to school. So I did some reserve time in other places. So it was uh, South Carolina, of course, and then some uh, Michigan where I went to school and um, Missouri where I went. So after that, I had I came to... Maryland to Fort Meade and from Fort Meade I ended up going active duty and after Fort Meade I ended up going to Cleveland Ohio meeting my wonderful husband because he was part of the recruiting command we ventured to Fort Devens in Massachusetts and that was very cold (laughs) it was cold and beautiful oh my gosh at the same time, and so from Fort Devens, I ended up going down to uh, Louisiana at Barksdale Air Force Base. That was a beautiful assignment, too, because there was lots of food. Oh, my God, the cuisine was wonderful. Um, and then from there, we ended up going to Texas. From Texas, I came here to um, the Maryland, D.C., Virginia area. Um, at the Army Research Lab, one of the best kept secrets, you know, um, an assignment uh, with the Army. So, you know, all of the different 007 things, that's the Army Research Lab um, and ended up retiring from Fort Belvoir. That was an experience as well, you know, in, in working for the United States Army Reserve Command. What a blessing, what an honor, you know, it, it enlightened me on a lot of things. And so I contribute that in my entire career, but I contribute that as the icing on the cake and kind of how you want to go out. It was good. When you enlisted in the Army, did you intend to make it a career? Not at all. It was only for, to pay for school and also have the extra money to figure out what I wanted to do, right? At a immature stage in my life and age. We, we we don't know what we don't know. And I think it was the rubber meets the road when you, of course, get out there when you're young and you want to see the world, but you have no money to do that. But I only wanted to do my, my enlistment contract and that was it. But it was something drawing me about the Army that um, led me to that slogan, be all you can be. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know they're going to pull out the best in me. And they have. And that's why I stayed as long as I have. It it was new friends, new battle buddies, new challenges that, you know, I knew that I had in me, but they brought it out. Um, New experiences in life. And that's what I appreciate most in the the friendship. So no, I I knew that I wasn't going to stay long and I'm here and still serving. (laughs) Fact checking a little bit, you said you decided to go active duty. What led to that decision? Well, you know, I was a single parent 
and I had to uh, provide for my son. It was something that you had to do mm-hmm. before joining active duty. I was working three jobs oh, wow. and trying to put myself through college with a son and show you in the midst of it, I was like, enough is enough. Active duty was the best choice for me at the time. It gave me an opportunity to provide for my son with insurance knowing that they have housing, knowing that they had the benefits that I needed. That's why I said it, it, it did a great deal of lifting me up with the experience of growing up as well. What did your family think about you going active duty? They were grateful because it was continued lineage with my grandfather and my cousin and my sister that I continued to serve. And so they knew that they, you know, they kept telling me, I knew you were going to do that. It was a calling for you because I continued to enjoy it. So they weren't surprised. (laughs) They weren't surprised at all um, because it was growing on me and it looked good on me. They were happy that I was doing things that some of my family members couldn't do that they wanted the opportunity to do. And one was my mom um, and my aunt, you know, they wanted to serve. But of course, back then, they did not serve because my grandfather served and, and, and he was like, no, I didn't want any of my daughters to serve. And so we, they're living through us. And so we have that, you know, they're pushing me, yeah, this is good type thing. And, and being proud Americans, you know, in that, patriotism that we have, it was, um, I had, I had lots of people pushing me to stay and grow. And so it wasn't just me, it was for my family as well. Oh, I love that. You mentioned you met your husband who is also active duty. What was that dynamic like military married to military? Yes. And it's, it's funny that you say that because, um, that experience was different because we had to pick and choose, right? Like as when I say pick and choose, we weren't together on our first couple of assignments because he, at that time was 9-11. And so I had the children. It was very difficult to travel back and forth. Um, He was down in Fort Hood, Texas, and he just continued to deploy. Right. And I'm grateful for the Army uh, that I was able to not deploy the same time. Um, And that's our story, which is wonderful. Other people, they were deploying at the same time. I can say that we were tremendously blessed with that. It was hard, but it was doable for us. One of my drill sergeants said, you know, you were not the Army didn't issue you children. And I was like, true. They did not, but I know we had to take care of until my husband did step up in roles that um, allowed me to stay back with the children. We had to make it work for us, you know, whatever way possible. And so um, I, I was on active duty, Title 10, but also it was also active duty for the Army Reserves. So it was called the ADR program, Active Guard Reserve. And that was our way of, you know, kind of balancing everything out. We thought that I wouldn't have to be called as much um, going to deploy. It was a blessing because I didn't deploy. It's funny because one of the times that I was ready to deploy, I was three months pregnant and didn't even know. Oh, I was doing wow. PT 
I was doing everything. Did, did not even know, still um, having monthly menstrual cycles and everything. But I guess the, um, you know, it was just like, uh, you can't deploy, you know that. I'm like, I'm going again. No, got the surprise of our lives. Oh my gosh, what a way to find that news out. It was heartbreaking because when you when you put on the uniform, you want to serve, right? And then um, with 9-11, you wanted to do everything possible, you know, to defend and protect our country, right? And it's just like we we raised our hand and said that we were going to protect and defend. And that's what I wanted to do. And it was like, it was a rug almost taken from me because I was ready, mentally, physically ready to deploy at that I knew. It was almost like a bittersweet because bless of having another person, right? That I be able to carry. And it's like, no, you can't. No, wait, hold on. I, let me kind of deploy. Can I just go until uh, just until I'm six months or something? Do it. Let me do something. And they said, you can. You can stay in the rear. <laughs> type thing. And But I tell you, we have had the journey and the love for it. And I am I am ever so grateful. And um, now my husband, he has uh, 25 years that he served. A combat veteran of multiple wars and had dual military. It worked for us. The Parkers, we, we did the doggone thing. We look back at it now like, man, I can't believe we did that. Right. When you're in it, you're just in it, doing it. And then you're just in it. Yeah. Looking in the rear view, all of a sudden those kids are grown up. And retiring. And you that's funny that you say that because it is, we, we are a blended family out of five. We have five. And Five children. It has been a wonderful journey, though. When you look back and rearview mirror, it was like, where did the time go? And I think when you retire, for myself, when I retire, it's just like you want to continue to do so much more. You're filling your you're filling your days up. I know I am. Each and so it's like the army. Thank you, army, <laughs> for for filling my days up that I continue to have to do in that op tempo of doing it. And you have. You're currently the Community Engagement Manager for the Military Women's Memorial in Arlington, Virginia. Can you speak about how that position came to you and what your day-to-day duties are? Yes, yes, I can. The Women's Memorial, Military Women's Memorial, Phyllis Wilson, who was his uh, Command Warrant Officer 5, she and I worked together before before we got out in 2018. She was the, the top-ranking warrant officer. And it's for the Army Army Reserves. And so we we knew each other. We worked in the command suite. And at that time, I was the executive NCO, as we call it, or executive assistant to the generals. And she had gotten out. She had just, about two years ago, they had called her. And she had applied for being the president of the memorial. And she, she had gotten it. And so we saw each other in passing and I came to her ceremony and uh, she said, hey, what are you doing? And I'm like, ah, you know, I'm working. I was working on Miss Veteran America during that time. And um, I said, well, it's doing my thing. Kind of laying low for a minute. I had just retired as well. 
And uh, she said, well, you need to come on over here, you know, if you kind of volunteer. And I said, okay, let me, let me just check that out. And so uh, maybe, a, maybe about nine months had passed, but I had continued to see Phyllis in different engagements that I was working with another company. And every time that I saw her, I, she was like, okay, you know, the Women's Memorial is an awesome opportunity. You continue to serve. You always speak about women in the military. And I said, okay, let me check this out. And I um, interviewed and uh, ended up loving being the community engagement manager, um, a new position that they had. We were growing in staff, growing in our, in our tribe. And I love people. I love the community, you know, going out and doing outreach. And then the, the passion and the purpose of what the military women were doing. Women in military service for America. I stood proud with that. It was fulfilling. It is continued to be fulfilling. I mean, I meet people from all walks of life and women in their their children and their family members. It's just, I love that. On the website, womensmemorial.org, there's a free database registry for women who've served with an option to share their experiences as an archive. Can you speak a little bit more about that? It has been over 3 million women that have served and continue to serve to tell their story, to register, to be recognized. Because if we don't recognize and have a lasting history, no one else will tell your story. And the other other part is a lot of women don't self-identify as veterans. And so that's the important part of it all. Right now, we have a new exhibit, The Color of Freedom. We have the activity cards for children. It's an education center and different errors that you can continue to go through of depicting the women of when they serve World War One, World War Two, and even the 6888 Postal Battalion. Hopefully, they will continue to drive on and they will get honored. It's only... Um, I think six or seven that remain from the 688 Postal Battalion, all Black female Postal Battalion that they have served overseas. They made sure that everyone got mail. You know, when you receive mail when you're in the military, that's the morale booster that you need. Those are the different things and jobs back then that women, you know, stepped up to do. And some, of course, as we know, dress up as men. <laughs> to serve and they didn't know until you know they were injured or that was noticed that they were female they were doing the job and look at you know now the job opportunities for women you're who would have thought field artillery and pilots the list goes on and on but who would have thought back then that they have paved the way for women and to open doors and uh, I am so grateful for that uh, you touched on the importance of sharing your story because most women, some women don't identify as veterans. And you and I have spoken about that. But I have girlfriends who deployed to Iraq, Afghanistan, and the first wave of women to go in in 2003 and had some of the first jobs. 
and uh, did incredible things and they don't talk about it. They don't really want to acknowledge it or they're shy about it or it doesn't fit this image of what the greater public of America thinks of a combat veteran. So, but I feel like the more women share and talk about it, it helps elevate their own story. So I'll add the registry link in the show notes. You know, some people have uh, really bad memories of the military. And if you don't want to share that, you don't have to share it, just register. So we can count you amongst the, the women that have served. If it's a bad experience, just say it was a bad experience in your register, you know, while you're registering. But you are so important, not just in the lives that, that others see you in, but other sisters will have the courage to, you know, connect with you and, and be that battle buddy, as we call it in the army, and, and can relate because sometimes we don't have an outlet, but listening and hearing other women's stories, you might share the same thing, might not been at the same time, but it might be shared at that time as well. You know, I had some bad experience in the army with some MST, uh, military sexual trauma, and some harassment. But I didn't let it get the best of me. And it was that tribe of women that have gotten me through. And at times when we feel so low, there's other people out there to have that support and the resources that you probably don't know about. Someone else is waiting to hear from you. And that's what I encourage all of the women that that's out there listening that have served. Someone needs to hear your story because you probably have similar stories. Um, more women than you know. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned Miss Veteran America. Can you share what your participation in that was like? Oh my gosh, yes. I was approached with participating in Miss Veteran America from one of my officers. And she said, um, I think you should participate in this. And I was like, I don't know, I, that's a, a beauty pageant. And she said, no, no, I think you need to check this out, really. And I said, nope. I told her that the second time. And I said, ah, yeah, okay. And it kind of blew it off. And so she said, no look at it for the third time. She's like, I think that you need to see it. And so I checked it out and I went online and I read about Miss Veteran America. It was not a beauty pageant. It was not anything that I thought and drum up in my mind. It was about helping female veterans that are homeless to bring awareness to homeless female veterans in the population. And I, it blew my mind. And I said, why didn't you tell me that in the first place, right? It wasn't a beauty pageant. It was a competition to raise money for our sisters in arms that need it. And it hit hard for me because like I mentioned before, I was a single parent and doing the single parent thing um, that also forced me to doing active duty because I was homeless with my son. It wasn't a pretty picture. It's not glamorous at all, uh, but I had a lot of pride. Didn't want to tell my family members, you know, that I was struggling. And at that time, I was I was living with family members, and we were couch surfing 
um, as the definition of it. And that was part of it. And you go from one place to the other and not having anything of your own. And it blew my mind because in shelters, especially in Maryland where we were, we, you couldn't have children in this particular shelter. And so what was I supposed to do? And so that also forced my hand to, of course, go active duty. The other part is that Miss Veteran America, it's so many women out there that have the same story that need to be um, the highlight of it all. It's one of the fastest growing communities, homeless female veterans, um, that some don't think that they are because they, uh, you know, oh, you have somewhere to stay. Not really. That's not the case. It might not be, you know, a week um, that you're staying with someone or uh, maybe a couple days. It's not long or in your car, you know, so you, if you have a car. Um, and, and so I'm glad that the founder, Jasmine Booth, um, she was captain, same thing in the army officer, and she was um, a part of the 9-11 death. I do believe it was 9-11, and she had her son, same thing, and, and was homeless. Um, Katrina hit, and the rest is history. And so her passion was to make aware of homeless female veterans and show with the competition, um, loved it, injured in 2019-2020. I had moved on to from the first round to the semifinals to um, making it to finals and uh, top 10, raising over about $4,000 in proceeds to give back in the females from all ages that have served in the military from you, you name it. In the competition, it was something that I, I found my voice to speak out. Uh, I was shy. Um, in the background, you know, um, it was afraid to be recognized because of some of the issues that had um, I experienced in the military. And um, this has opened doors for me to come be comfortable of sharing the story that, you know, I was homeless, be comfortable sharing the story that, you know, um, I went and experienced the military sexual trauma and the harassment. Um, in the army. And so this was a good chance for me to use my voice. And uh, I am so ever grateful. And in the competition, I, I performed This Is Me. Yes, yes. I saw that video uh, of you lip syncing This Is Me by Kayla Settle. Yes, yes. Yeah. And you created a costume that's half Wonder Woman, half military uniform. It's so good. Yes. If I can perform for her just to do my routine and lip sync, I'm calling her out. Just let me perform for you and do my lip sync routine. Yeah. You were having a moment in that video. That song really speaks to you. It was something that it broke. It broke me because all the things that I carried that I suppressed, it came out. And oh my God, I'm crying. I'm about to cry. Yeah, I, I, I'm dabbing a tear away. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry, Melissa. Oh my gosh, why are you apologizing? Not at all. That's the power of music and connection and art and sharing your experiences. Just like you said, you got to tell your story. Oh my gosh. It, it was so personal because... Um, 
Um, we as women, we have so many roles and it was, of course, the dress uniform, the BDUs, the fatigues, the boots, and then we have to switch to being a mom and a wife and the aspects of it all. But yet inside, we're Wonder Woman, right? And so that shirt that I had, you know, we they want us to be this Wonder Woman and we are, we take on so much. We want to be so strong, but other times that we are weak. And this is why we have to have a sisterhood um, to hold us up. And so whenever anyone see the performance, just know that I was trying to tell a story for all women and for my my journey of uh, the experience that I had in the military, you know, so... All in all, I am so proud that uh, I was continued to be, um, I don't know, she was poking me to do. Right. That's what I was going to say. If she hadn't nudged you along, if she had dropped it after your first rejection, look at the opportunity you would have missed out on. The opportunity. And, and that's the lesson too, right? To take a moment to see what's in front of you before you dismiss it. It all comes together. So God knows the, the details and the, the finite details of everything that he does. And it's just like trust and believe you know, when it's that time and the Holy Spirit for me moves, then I need to move. So, yeah. So I just have a few quick questions before we wrap this up, but how did you find the balance between motherhood and your military responsibilities? That was hard every day, you know, um, and, and it, it goes back to my faith. Um, the balance of every day, it's new mercies for me. So it's like, okay, Lord, what do you have for me today? And it's like, lay your burdens on me. And so that balance, it was that in itself. And then also my faith, my family, my friends. And looking towards, not in the back, but looking up and continue to move forward. You know, not getting stuck. And not being stuck for so long if you have. But you're like, okay, I'm going to cry. Let me cry it out today. Tomorrow, I'm not going to cry. And if I do, it won't be for that long. And so you have to continue to encourage yourself, some kind of way encourage yourself. And then I continue to look at, you know, my children. You know, if it's not just for me, I have to do it for them. And so also seeking self-help and loving myself when I didn't want to love and know how to love me. Yeah, learning how to take care of yourself is so important, especially in the military when you're giving so much to other people. And I'm not a mother, but as a mother, you're giving everything to everybody else. So my final question, if a young woman were to come up to you today and say she's thinking of joining the military, what would you say to her? Yes. If it's your if it's in your passion and if if that's something that drives you to do and join the military, I would say yes, I would encourage you to do that because you can only live your life. You can't live it for your parents. You can't live it for your, you know, others that want to live vicariously through you. It's your calling. And each one of us have been called and been equipped with something that God has given us. And it's only until you know what you want to do. If you have to ask me, that means that you should do it. You just need a little push, right? 
to get to that next step. I'm going to encourage and applaud you because you never know what doors may open. Like they have opened for me. No one has the perfect script in life. And you take pieces of everyone else's and try to create what you have and make it the most beautiful picture and on your canvas of life that you have. So I would encourage any female that wants to join and anyone that wants to join the military, take it for what it's worth and take out what you can out of it. So I would say yes. Do any of your children have a ambition to serve? Oh my God, yes. So our youngest daughter, she is currently serving in the Air Force and she she said, hey, I'm not joining the army, you know? <laughs> That's what I did. Um, and I told her, if you don't, you don't have to stay. Um, you know, she, like I said, and I mentioned before, we are a blended family. So she has, you know, mom and bonus mom and dad um, in the army that we served. And so she was like, ah, no, no I'm good. <laughs> All the other ones are like, no, we're good. We're fine. Lucretia, this has been so wonderful. Thank you for sharing your time with me today. Oh, it has been my pleasure, Melissa. I mean, sisters for life, I tell you. <laughs> and thank you for listening. If you're a veteran in crisis or are concerned about one, contact the Veterans Crisis Line at 800-273-8255, option 1, or visit veteranscrisisline.net. Confidential support is available 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year.